Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome once again to the Secrets of the High Demand Coach podcast. And I am here with yet another high demand coach from the other side of the pond, uh, the one and only Jasper Steinhausen. Now, he is the founder and CEO of Business with Impact. He's a business consultant and a specialist in making sustainability profitable for small and medium enterprises, particularly in the manufacturing space. He's an appraised speaker and has presented on the subject of business and sustainability to well beyond 10 thousand people, ranging from board members and leadership teams to technical staff. He's the longest running circular economy business consultant in the Nordic countries, of which I'm partial to because my wife is a Norwegian. So we've got that going for us, uh, Jasper, uh, but uh, in the Nordic countries and has actually been the advisor for the Danish government on how to accelerate the green transition through their green transition fund. Uh, so Jasper, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm so excited to have you, so you much, here. I, I'm excited to dive into uh, sustainability and and the business argument for that. Uh, but before we get there, I'd love to hear your story. What were you doing before all of this coaching and consulting, and why did you ultimately lead uh, that? Why did that lead you to make the leap? Yeah, well, it's a long story. Uh, no, it's a, it's an old story going way back. Because I still remember that day that actually came to shape my life because there is a direct line from, or not a direct, but more or less, a line coming from a class when I was just a teenager. I was sitting in school and uh, the subject of this class was climate change. And our teacher, Tom, he told us that the melting of the ice from the Greenland ice shield will actually lead to or could lead to a disturbance or even potentially stopping the Gulf Stream that brings the warm water to uh, Scandinavia and, and the UK. And if that would happen, and then actually, ironically, uh, a global warming would lead to the spreading of the Arctic climate all the way, potentially all the way across uh, Scandinavia. And that was really mind boggling for my young brain, thinking, is this the magnitude of the problem? Uh, and this is the magnitude of the experiment that we are doing. And um, so that kickstarted this mix of curiosity and, and you know, we got to do something. Uh, and I've been working with sustainability ever since. And, and for many years, going through university and the first jobs, I was really sure that, you know, governments held the keys to this. This is how we are going to make the changes that we wanted to see. But, uh, but then came the United Nations uh, COP, Climate COP15 in Copenhagen back in 2009. So there I was, home city, first row. And it was terrible. It was really like watching a car crash in slow motion where you can just see, oh, this is going to go wrong. And, and then all the horror. 
Wow. Uh, and it's widely recognized as the worst cop of them all, which is a bit of an achievement. Um, so, so there I was and everything I thought was, this is how it works, just fell apart right in front, right in front of my eyes. Wow. So a bit of discouraging, but, but you know, out of reflection came the realization to me that it's really business that holds the keys for the, to the transition and to the changes that we wanted to see. And, and so I've been on that ever since. And, and that's really why I have this company, Business with Impact, that is to help business leaders figure out, how do I actually do this? You know, what is like for me, what's my path that make, you know, make it profitable for me while we are making the changes that we want to see? Yeah. So, so that's really why I sit here today, why we're having this conversation. It, it goes all the way back to my teenage years. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and it actually brings me to the, uh, one of the first questions I had, and that is, do we have to choose between profitability and sustainability? I, I think there's this kind of, you know, it, 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 I wouldn't even call it unspoken because it's actually spoken, but it's like the capitalist versus the, you know, whatever. You know? And you've got these two sides that, that feel like they're constantly at war. But I don't hear that in anything that you, you talk about. So do we have to choose between the two? No, absolutely. I would say, you know, the further ahead we go, the more it's going to be like, if you want profit, you got to go sustainable. Because the thing is that, you know, sustainability can help you solve so many of the classical business issues that will be on the C-suite's plate, right? So cutting costs, increasing sales, increasing customer loyalty, productivity, innovation, you know, all the things that we all have on our plates, right? Right. But people just don't know it. And a lot of it comes down also to how we communicate about this. It's really a crucial thing because everything, basically, everything related to sustainability is all about, you know, doing less, avoiding, cutting down, less off, less, being less bad, right? You recognize this picture, I'm assuming. Whereas, you know, if you get up in the morning as a business leader, it's more about creating more, right? More growth, more jobs, more customers, more products, more something, right? Yeah. And if you look at that, it's kind of like, well, we can't be on the same page. I cannot, you know, as a CEO, I cannot take advice from my sustainability guy or for the consultant or whatever, because ultimately they just talking about being less about everything and I want more of everything. So we, but we really what we need is just reframing because so much of this agenda really is about avoiding useless waste of right. raw materials, of energy, of products that has you know very short lift that could be far more valuable to the client, easier, and so on and so on. So there's yeah. so much opportunity if we just start to reframe this and talk about you know we're about creating new and better versions of our products. So this is a massive innovation and business driver agenda. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. And uh, one of the, the things, again, as I was researching for the episode, I saw this a couple of places and it's always been a place where I've struggled a little bit is what's the role for small and medium enterprises, right? It, we're not pumping billions of pounds of CO2 into the air every year. How, how can entrepreneurs and small businesses take part in the, the circular economy? Yeah. Well, it's a good question, but you know, if I may, you know, pick on just how you frame this, you say, we are not pumping out, you know, millions of tons of CO2, right? But that's the usual way of talking about this. This is the, okay, I have a, I'm part of a problem. I need to do something. It's this, 
you know, we have a burden, we have a problem, we need to figure out who has to take what part of that share. Right. Whereas for me, it's about, you know, who would not want to rush in if you understand that this is a set of tools that can really help you solve some of the most critical business problems you have while at the same time giving you this amazing feeling that you know now I'm actually part of solving some of this. Because you know, you know what climate change really is in a business setting? Mm. If you look at it, it's like the massive disruptive force that just picks up speed with every extreme weather event that occurs. Because we are all just people. People in you know an organization is as you know it's just a number of people together, right? And and we all experience this. And you know a, a summer like this we just had with this just kind of like endless string of weather extremes. Most of us has had some sort of experience with it on our own body. And if we came to any news platform at any time, we've been bombarded with it, right? Uh, and it makes people react, right? I, some get fr- frightened and scared. Some get angry. Some get pissed. Some, you know, someone even want to do some something on their own. But a lot of people get to this conclusion. You know, somebody ought to do something. And who do you think those somebody is? Well, they're governments and business for the two biggest players in this. Right. So everybody will expect you to do more and more. And you know, everybody has a private life, but they also have a work life. And some of them are your next clients or the procurement or they're a part of legislation team or or they're the uh, the end customer or your next partner or your next innovation partner or your next guy who sit and evaluate whether or not your application for funding should go through and so on and so on, right? So everybody is just, there's this growing pressure around business to understand that you got to get out of being part of the problem mm. and get over to becoming part of the solution. Yeah. And so a lot of times, you know, what we'll see is, you know, you can get, there's carbon credits or buying trees or, or things like that. They feel like they're extra. It doesn't feel uh, like for, you know, the, you got the, you're just trying to get your head above water as a small business. So what are some practical steps then that we can take where, where like you've, you've said many, multiple times here, where we can align the principles of sustainability and solve the problems that are right in front of us? Maybe even a story or two that you've seen it happen. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I actually created a model, I call it the impact blueprint, uh, and and that's in my book, uh, really like a do-it-yourself version of it. So, so all the everything you need is there. But the third step is really mapping out how do we progress from here. And that's where I use the circular economy. And it has five disciplines, and I will not go into them right here. It's more like, imagine there are five different sets of glasses you take on, and then you view your, your business and your whole business set up. And out of that, you brainstorm all the options you can get where you can see here is something that we could do differently. You end up with a huge list. But then the trick is, and that's what's missing in most of these tools for mapping out and actually most of the work on sustainability. And then I say to people, write down your top five business problems today. So not sustainability problems, but business problems. Right. And if one of them or two of them are sustainability, well, that's okay. But you you don't start there. You start at, this is my business problem. I need to cut costs. I need to attract more people. I need to whatever. And also, what are the top five of your ideal clients? So that, sometimes they're overlapping partly, but lap up to 10. That's your filter. And then you take all the ideas you have and you push them through the filter. And what comes out in the end is things that you can do that will help you solve the biggest problem you and all your clients have 
and it will also have a meaningful contribution to the world. Yeah. That's your roadmap. Then you yeah. just structure that and then you go to work on that. But that will mean that everything you do will on its own be, from a business perspective, valuable and also have an impact. Right? So I say to people, you know, it's about creating business with an embedded environmental impact and not the other way around, right? Yeah. So that's your very, very sweet, short filter. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever somebody comes with you with an idea, we could do this, okay, does it generate business value? And does it generate a, uh, some sort of impact? If not, back to the drawing board, think harder, right? Right. right. So it's actually a pretty simple way of, of sort of filtering out which ideas are not gonna help your business, but just as you say, very often be a cost, right? Like crap credits or, or, you know, that's doing something just out there on the outskirts of a product uh, that doesn't really generate any any impact, any value. Right. It's just going to be a cost, an extra cost. Whereas if you use it right, well, then it's going to be actually a, a driver of value. Yeah. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that even just from an exercise standpoint, uh, measuring those against top five challenges for you and your ideal clients. There's, yeah, there's so much wisdom in that. Uh, I, I want to shift gears with you just slightly because... Um, you know, something else that I noticed, and you even opened this with the, your story, is you know it, there's there's an interplay between government and business that has to happen in this space. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you talked to us a little bit about the slow motion car wreck, right, and how business holds the keys. Uh, but you also are active in, in helping uh, some governmental uh, funds. So what's the difference in the roles that government and business play, and and how can they work together more effectively? Yeah, well, that's a really really good question. I would say that the role of the business is really to create the solutions, right? And this is where the, this is the leverage. This is where, where really push comes to show. Uh, whereas for governments, it's for pushing it, right? So in some sectors and in some regions of the world, it differs how far ahead you are. So some places we actually see that the market is ahead of the government and in other places it's the other way around. But sometimes in, in every corner of the world, there is a need to, for, for governments to go in and say, well, I think we need to push it a bit here. And I think an interesting story, if you look to it, but this was not by by design, but by accident. But if you look at the the energy uh, and here in, in Denmark, back in uh, 1973, 74, when the first oil crisis were here, it, tremend- it had hit tremendously hard on a lot of industry and we had, you know, skyrocketing on employment rates and, and so on. It's a really, really uh, hard time. But if you look at some of the biggest companies we have today, well, they are all on coming out of that situation, right? They emerged on the back of that. So Vestas with windmills, uh, Asta, uh, Grundfos with pumps, uh, Velux with windows, Rockwool uh, with, and, and so on. So, you know, we just have some of the, and they're world play, dominant players today. But they came out of that, right? So sometimes as a government, you need to sort of bet on creating the kind of solution. You don't need to pick the winner, but you need to pick sort of an area like in energy efficiency or whatever it could be, or carbon capture storage that's so much up right now or something. You got to pick your winners and then basically help sort of get the get the stuff moving. Yeah. But then of course, you need the business to run it, to run the innovation part. But you know, realizing that just about all innovation, it's an interplay between government and and government funding for for, for public research or something, right. and then the innovation part, right? So the famous example of the iPhone, well, yeah, it's, you know, Apple created the iPhone, yeah, <laughs> but they created by assembling stuff that were created by public funding, right? So there wouldn't be a screen, there wouldn't have been 
there wouldn't have been the uh, the uh, the uh, the system for navigation. There wouldn't have been you know just about everything in there <laughs> were actually created out of public funding. The innovation part was putting it all together, and that's where the right. brilliance is. That was taking it to market, but they didn't invent the stuff, right? So we. Right. We gotta, you know, embrace the fact that it's a dance, right? We need two people to dance together here. We need the public side and we need the government, the, the private side. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's so good. And I love, you know, just the simplicity of you know that creating the solution, pushing the solution, helping create an environment for it, and allowing others to innovate and thrive. Uh, yeah, that's excellent. So. Uh, there's a question I like to ask all my guests, and, and it's this. What's the biggest secret that you just wish wasn't a secret at all? What's that one thing that you wish every entrepreneur, business leader, everyone listening or watching today knew? Ah, well, that would be that sustainability is probably the biggest business opportunity of our time. If people knew that, if they recognized that, if they started to wrestle a bit with it, I'm sure you know, business leaders are smart people. They will find their way. But there are these handful of common misconceptions that we also talked about some of them here today yeah. that's sort of blocking it and, and it is this fact that you know it's either or or it's just additional cost or it's something I do because I feel I have to or whatever it is if people just recognized and understood the massive business opportunities there is in this because it's not just for the tech sector right the green tech that everybody talks about you know if again let's just say you have had this weird weather experience over the summer and you're starting to get a little bit scared, right? I don't know. Do you have kids, by the way? I do. Yeah. You do, right? Okay. So here comes a, an, an unpleasant part of it. They are going to have poorer conditions to live their lives than you and I have had. Right. I have three kids myself. Unless we do things very, very differently, right? So we need to get people to understand that more and more people are waking up to this realization that looking at their kids or their grandkids, it's like, ah, oh, this is not right. We need to do things differently. And even though I'm just out now looking for a new pair of shoes, if somebody signals to me, well, you know, the way we do this, we do this by making a positive impact. Mm -hmm. And we are part of solving the climate, the climate crisis. Well, instantly they get shortlisted. Of course, at the end of the day, the product has to stand its the tests in quality, design, price, delivery, all of that. Of course, and that's only fair. Should, that's how it should be. You, you don't. You shouldn't win because it's green. You should win because it's the best product. But it will short track you, right? So it's the fastest way to get through it. And if people just understood that, and what it takes to it in terms of signaling and all of that. But if it, it did that, you know, they will. It's, it's again, it'll just unleash this massive wave of innovation and. And the examples of the companies I've worked with and come across that really do this, they're just sweeping the floor with their competition. It's a different game, right? It's really like the runner up against the bike rider of trying to get from A to B, who's gonna win, right? You can train as much as you want. You can have the best coach, the ideal shoes, everything. You'll never have a chance against the guy on the tricycle, right? You've just run raised by you, right? You would never be able to keep up. And that's really, people don't understand that, you know, it's two different paradigms. And, and you know, the, the new one is eating the old one for breakfast. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, and so uh, one thing, one more step here before I let you go, I, I, I'm going to turn things around a little bit. I'm going to have you take off your consultant hat for a moment, put on your CEO hat yourself and 
What's the next stage of growth? I'll even say, what's the next stage of sustainable growth look like for you and your business? Yeah. Well, you know, the reason why I get up in the morning is to get business on the right side of history by becoming a force for good. And and that's, you know, so for me, it's really about getting this message out. So I'm really, really, really happy and, and, and you know, just really, really happy that you know, to come on shows like this where you have this massive reach, right? Because what we need is to get this message out to as many people as at all possible. So, you know, being on shows like this, writing all the stuff I do, publishing my book, getting new apps. I, I might even have a second one. I'm, I'm sort of tempting to start on a second one. And, but also speaking gigs and all of that to just get this message out, partnering with more people. So that's really sort of the game plan. And then because I also do, of course, help uh, companies on this specific journey. But instead of doing that one-to-one, I'm, I've been through a, a pilot test on a program and now I'm starting to, to fill up programs where I can do cohorts of business leaders. So taking them through the five-step methods, that's also in the book. But it means that basically I'll be able to, to, to handle them in, in groups of up to 50 at a time. So again, I'm just trying to magnify my reach because unfortunately there's too few people that really have a, you know, solidly one leg in business leadership strategy and the other in sustainability, circular economy, whatever yes. disciplines in there. So that's really the critical element is that people don't bridge this very well. They are either a specialist in business and hardly know anything on sustainability or the other way around. Yes. Because you never learn it. So you got to sort of go through first one and then the other. And unfortunately, not a lot of people have done that. So so my next stage is, you know, it's it's really my, my next growth leap here is really about magnifying. That will be the the headline for all of this, both in what I do with my clients and in just getting the message out and why it is spread as, as at all possible. Well, Jasper, it's so exciting. Uh, uh, you know, Glad to be a part of that. Can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, if you could tell us, folks are listening, like, I've got to know more. We've got to know how to do this. We, uh, we want to get on the right side of history uh, and, and, and start leveraging some of the tools that he's talking about here. How can they find more out about you? Where can they get the book? Uh, what, what's the best next step? Yeah. Well, uh, the book is quite simple. Just go to Amazon or wherever you sort of any of the major ones, it's called, uh, making sustainability profitable. Uh, so, so just search for that uh, and you will get there. Uh, I think the best, my preferred sort of platform is LinkedIn, uh, just tied Jasper Steinhaus and there's only one. Uh, so, um, so, so that will be the preferred plan. If, if you are really not into LinkedIn, but on some of your other social, I'll, I'm basically on all of them. So just, uh, just search, um, my combination of surname and last name is not that, uh, used. So I don't even think there is anybody called Jasper Steinhaus other than me. So, uh, so, uh, so just, you can just hit me up in there and I'll be happy to, uh, to chat and, and to help you see and, and understand really that, you know, if you start turning your company into a force for good, well, that's basically going to give you the keys to the world. Yeah. Excellent. Jasper, on that note, thank you so much. Uh, so glad to have you here. Uh, and for those of you watching, listening today, you know your time and attention mean the world to us. I hope you got as much out of this conversation as I know I did, and I cannot wait to see you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor, 
who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.